0: All right, guys, we are, we are live. Welcome back to a, another Whiskey Brothers podcast. Uh, Greg, how are you, mate? It's been a while. Uh, always well, Sean, always well. Just looking forward
1: to this one in particular. We have a bit of a milestone today with, um, yeah, special guests and uh, receiving some goods. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to this one. Yeah,
0: we've had, we've had a few guests on before, but this is the first time that we've been able to go straight to the source. Um, which is super exciting. So, without further ado, we have Brett from Spirit Thief, uh, distillery down in Tassie. Uh, Brett, welcome.
2: Thank you, guys. It's very exciting to be a, a guest on your podcast this afternoon. So, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing um, some whiskeys with you guys uh, over the next next short period of time.
0: Yeah, should be fun, mate. We um, we love drinking whiskey and we are we have open minds, we're ready to learn a bit more about you and about. The distillery and, and the whiskeys you guys are making down there, so very excited. Um, I think, Greg, should we jump into a whiskey straight away? I mean, I like to just set the mood a little bit with a, a bit of a tasting. I think maybe it's a good way to kick it off. Yeah, let's go. Let's wet the whistle. So we have got um, just Brett, to we've,
1: work through.
0: Yeah, we've got we've got three down here to taste. So really appreciate you sending the the, the tastings. Um, mm-hmm. We've got the French oak, Tempranillo, and American oak Shiraz and American oak Tempranillo. Which one do you recommend we start with first?
2: Uh, look, it's it, uh, how about we go to the American oak Shiraz today? Um, I sort of jumped between the French oak Tempranillo and the American oak Shiraz, but let's, let's go to the AOS. I think that's uh, it's a good starter. We've come to uh, the right place to drink some whiskey on, um, on the podcast. Yeah.
1: Well. First up, just before we go, Brett, what are your thoughts on um, a saying that we have with whiskey, which is no hat, no say." you are any, any initial opinion on that? People can't see whether you've got one or not, but does it, does it matter general,
2: if my name's Jim or, uh, or, or anything along those lines, but um, I, I, for all of the listeners at home, you can't see, but I can see both of those boys are uh, rocking some pretty wild hats. All my hats are downstairs. Um, otherwise i would have i would have you know jumped on and uh and had that so um I, there's no hat within reach mate so no <laughs> so this
1: so is no, no opinion <laughs> yeah okay uh, very good so well, tell well, us about um this one so just know a little bit about spirit thief so you're a big focus on reach iron cars can you tell us a little bit about um the process for that i understand you're Whilst you don't have a hat on at the moment, you wear many hats um, within Spirit Thief. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah,
2: the, the story for Spirit Thief and and uh, I, I guess why we do what we do is that I grew up um, really in the wine industry just outside of um, McLaren Vale in South Australia. So um, that was kind of my, my stomping grounds. I was a cellar hand. Uh, up in Renmark, um, doing the vintages up there, turning over the the, the Reds for Shiraz and, and Cabernet and a few of the others. So in 2015, when myself and a couple of the other um, guys in the industry down here, we wanted to experiment uh, with what we could do with Tasmanian new make spirit beyond what was um, the typical sort of ports and sherries and and even bourbons that were, were happening at the time. So... Really, when we got our chance to, to have a look at it, we thought let's throw some spirit into an American oak Shiraz casks and French oak Tempranillo and, and see what comes of it. So that's a, a very quick um, you know introduction that gets us to the whiskey in, in our glass now. So our whole premise from the outset with Spirit Thief uh, was about really wanting to bring what we'd learned from the wine industry um, across into... Maturation and, and to whiskey, so toasting and charring of the of the casks became um, an an essential component of things, and then really wanting to harness these um, fruit flavor profiles, but get a balance between oak and spirit, toasting the char and, and the and the tannins there to give us a an elegant, balanced, sessionable style of whiskey. Um, sessionable, sessionable. That's that's what we. I've enjoyed that word. Yeah, very good <laughs> um, Look, at the time, yeah. you know, big cask strength uh, hitting out of the ballpark. Um, Heartwood whiskies that were getting up in excess of 70% ABVs were all the rage and, and we were drinking that uh, too, so I love my, my big cask strength ports, but this was trying to find a, a, a bit of a balance um, and bringing that around. So 48%. Is where we kind of land on as our as our starting point for
0: for spirit thief. So, um guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, is, guys yeah, forty eight percent, mate, is my <laughs> is right in my wheelhouse. I'm looking forward to this. Mm. Mm.
2: Now, I know we should talk about aromas and and nosing and, and stuff first, but we we all kind of jump straight straight in for a sip there.
0: Yeah, it's always better to um. I, I always find better to taste first and think about it later. It's um. Great start, mate. Really straight up. I mean, we have some strange tasting notes, but um, I definitely get a lot of, I don't know, man. I get lots of jammy flavors, like sticky sweet. Mm, really good. Pick up the Shiraz and that for sure. Um, even a bit of like maybe, I don't want to say it, but maybe some apple or pear or definitely red fruits. But then I also get a couple of little apple, t- apple notes in the background. Really good, mate. Really good. Really great stuff.
2: Yeah, thank you. No, to look, this is a nice one to start off with because there's some familiarity there. Of course, using American oak um, with your vanillins and your uh, you know your slightly toasted caramels, red fruits. We sort of talk about this as strawberries and cream uh, kind of whiskey. but um, really, still good mouthfeel and uh, you know there's there's um, a, a good amount of finish on this as well. Strawberry jam is one that we um, we throw around a little bit with this as well. But this is a nice whiskey to start with because you can either think about it or, or go into it as much as you want, or you can just sit back and enjoy sipping on it and, and you don't have to say too, too much at all.
1: No, it sort of does speak for itself. Very approachable. I'm really enjoying that. It. It's got a nice chew at the end of it there. It's beautiful. Just sits there. very, uh, very Moorish.
2: Absolutely isn't chewy, isn't it? you mm.
0: uh, Yeah. Nice. Nice and creamy, mate. Tell me about the um cast selection. So, from an absolute novice, here, like how do you even go about sort of creating the whiskey? Like, how many, how many, how much are you charring it? How sort of how many, many barrels are you playing around with to finish up with a product that you're happy with?
2: Yeah, for sure. When we uh kicked off, really, this um company in 2015 was, was born out of an experiment, and we thought if it doesn't go right. You know, we'll have a few a uh, few dozen bottles for friends and family and, and colleagues and things in the industry. Um, and we had to go doing some stuff with with uh, straight varieties on on the wine cast. So toasting and charring, um, for us, we kicked off with heavy toast and heavy char on both American and French. So looking at the American oak here uh, was one that we knew we could go a little bit further and probably get uh, solid results. Whereas if we didn't go far enough, um, you know it may end up uh, falling back. So um, toasting as it's done in the wine industry is about bringing some of the oak uh, essences and, and flavors into the wine itself. But of course it's only ever there for maybe three months or six months or, or 18 months, depending how long you want to mature wine for. So with these casks, we uh, were able to talk to um, a specific winemaker in South Australia from the main cherry winery in, uh, in the Adelaide Hills and um, get a real sense of provenance. So um, these casks, we, we know had done about three or four vintages uh, through, which was a good solid amount of, of Shiraz going um, going into these American Oaks, we then took them down to SA Cooperage um, and uh, we were able to, STR, so shave, toasting and, and recharring on these um, to get them down to, down to size. So um, they are 20 litre casks, uh, but it's about 20, 20 litre casks that's actually gone into this batch, all as American oak Shiraz. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're really happy with this as a, as a starting point um, for our core range. We laid 20 litres for, for about six months and then um, straight on to 50s and 100s. And so we'll see those uh, after the next summer starting to um, come out to, to market. But um, everyone's got to start somewhere. And, and, you know, we're pretty pleased with uh, with where we got to with this, that we can continue to grow. And now we do um, a whole lot of tasting, sorry, toasting and charring experiments with um, with our coopers both in SA and and here in Tasmania as well. And where we've kind of landed on, or where we think we're going to land is, is that uh, medium toasting and charring for American oak and, and heavy toasting and charring for, uh, for French. So we kind of um, know that we can draw out a lot of that spice characteristic in the French oak and push it a bit harder on the charring. And then the American, we just don't want to tip too far into caramelization and, and vanillins. Mm-hmm. And let that fruit really shine. But um, I think this is a really good uh, good example of um, of you know what what we want to do with the company.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've um you've landed pretty well there, mate. It's that is really really good, and I'm so glad you're doing like you said the experimenting because I don't know. I, I find sometimes whiskey people play it a bit safe, and it, it seems like once you taste the wine, like there are all little subtle differences. But I like to find distilleries where they're doing different things, so. As a consumer, it's really exciting to know that you have got those things in the pipelines.
2: Yeah, thanks, Sean. It's um, you know, it's definitely something that uh, we laid out for our first five years is to not be too rigid on um, on sticking to you know our pre-assumed ideas in in some ways as to what we think our whiskies should be. We need to be able to experiment with uh, varietals and toasting and and charring um, and even ABV levels, to to be honest, we we filled quite a number of casks at 55% ABV to see how they mature uh, over time versus um, the 63.5%, which is pretty industry standard. and, And that's what we've done for most of the portfolio, but we do have a dozen casks in there at 55 to see How does that, um, you know, change uh, over time?
1: Yeah, that's good. I like, I really, yeah, loving that. Great start. I enjoy what you're talking about there. I find um, really popular at the moment. I guess it'd be a challenge for you. Like, how how do you address, like, everyone's really keen on, I suppose, rare releases or one-offs and things like that uh, when some, you know, big distilleries uh, do maybe experiment a little. How do you... I guess, where do you start in terms of developing a real core range? And when do you, I guess, start experimenting perhaps a little bit outside? Like, do you have like a, now that it's obviously successful, it's no longer just a few dozen for some mates. Um, It's certainly significantly bigger than that. So I'd imagine that that's a hard process to go. Well, this is what I wanted. This is great. Now, now what sort of thing? Like, is there a plan there with how you develop that core range or?
2: Yeah, I think it's funny, um, Greg, in some ways, the company's been going for six years now, but uh, I feel like we've only literally just just started, right? We've only just come to market with any sort of um, volume where we can uh, start to get it around the country and wholesale and start to look at export channels uh, and things for the next few years. But the decisions that we made four years ago um, really won't come to market for another... Uh, Year or two, and the decisions that I make next week, you know, we won't see the result till twenty twenty six. So, what what yeah. we're tasting is is literally the very uh, early decisions around um, uh, the company where where to begin. Um, and so, the nice thing about that is that there is definitely going to be a, a trajectory um, of change and and improvement, um, and hopefully, you know, learnings that then means that you know, the next decade or or releases um, are going to be stronger, stronger still. So look, it's, it's not a um, short-term short-term play getting into the whiskey business. That's, that's for sure. Um, But that's what makes it really exciting in in some ways as well. Um, And we're fortunate that the investors behind the company have given us, um, you know, support to do all of this uh, testing and, and, Free range, really, uh, with where we want to go with it um, for the first, you know, for the first four or five years, and and really find out what what works and and what doesn't. So um, yeah, I feel really privileged to you know be the managing director for a company that has that level of of um, uh, expanse, and we can really see um, you know the difference between varietals that. Are coming on that we'll be bringing out after the next summer.
0: Yeah, this is cool, mate. This is a great start. So let's. Um, I'm ready to move on. Cool. I'm ready to move on. All right. You got to catch up, mate. Where are we? Sean's are? up for it today. I'm up for it. No, once I get the taste for it, mate, it's it's let's let's get in.
2: You're ready for whiskey number two. That's it. So That's what are we on
0: next? We have got three whiskeys. Whiskey number
2: two is the French oak Tempranillo. So if uh, you guys go a um. Yep. A little pour on that. Sure do. There you go. Green, green label as we refer to it here. So, so, was it last
1: week, Whiskey Week, Tasmania Whiskey Week?
2: Yeah, it was. It was. And, I was, uh,
1: enjoyed just watching that through Instagram. It would, would have been terrible to be there.
2: Yeah, it would have been a real shame to have had uh, most of the country come come and visit. Um, <laughs> no, we definitely missed all, all the interstate visitors. Uh, as a by note, I think it was year six this year. Um, I was one of the first co-curators uh, of the inaugural Tasmanian Whiskey Week with Jane Overham when we did it back in um, uh, 2016. So it was amazing to see how it's grown. Back then, I think we had 14 distilleries that actually had whiskey, um, that were involved and um this year we had 32 at the at the showcase the that. so and everyone had at least three whiskies. so in that showcase um you know a ticket to that would have seen you get over close to a hundred tastings if um, if you were game so <laughs>
0: well greg greg went to while a whiskey show in sydney earlier this year and he was game as you get mate and he ended up in a very bad way very bad,
1: yeah, right? I, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I tried. I don't know. It was between the twenty and thirty mark, and um, I really enjoyed myself. I was offering plenty of opinions by the end of the night. Um, <laughs> did some feedback everywhere, but uh, oh, I was. My, I love those events. Like those events, I don't think the best thing for me. Uh, you know, Sean and I, we just love whiskey. We don't claim to know stacks about it. We just love talking about meeting people. it's, it's all about those experiences for us, but. Every time I go to any of those events, like everyone just seems just really engaged in helping each other, um, sharing ideas, and uh, yeah, being really pleased for each other. Does that, is that, um, is that just all for show? Like, are you backstabbing everyone everywhere, like each other, or is it those events really, are you really trying to to help each other out and um, yeah, just get around each other's products? Because it seems like it's a great vibe externally. Yeah,
2: yeah, look, uh, there really is a genuine. Uh, kind of collaboration or, or there has been, you know, throughout the history uh, of, of all of this, it's been really fantastic. And um, at the end of those shows, when, when people have gone home, um, yeah. there's just the, you know, there's just the trade left. And we, we often all meet in the middle and offer each up other uh, tastings, the whiskies because when you're working the stall for three hours straight in a session, you've got two sessions back to back, you barely get a chance to go around and, and talk to all your colleagues, and of course, everyone's got uh, you know a special release out for Whiskey Week or something like that. So um, it's nice to be able to do that. And and one of the things that actually goes on is, is people in the trade will, will generally swap bottles. It's a great way to uh, um, get to know your other your other colleagues' products and be like, well, you know, who wants to do a trade on on this bottle um, for for one of theirs and. So that's a, a nice way to support each other and, and get familiar with, um, with what your other colleagues are making. So that definitely happened on, on Saturday night, which was nice. Fantastic. Uh, was, it, was there
1: one that you were after in particular? Was there a bottle that you, you sought out from someone else or you sort of like them all, what they're doing?
2: Oh, look, there's, there's uh, such a great, um, great range of diversity that's coming on now. And uh, so... Um, Ferno Distillery. If you guys have come across uh, Ferno, it's kind of like Tasmania's little mini isla where they're um, using some peated uh, barley from from the actual island, peat smoking there. So Tom and the team there do do a great job, and um, they've created a, a lovely balance there. And Spring Bay, Cam and Susie uh, are using virgin oak. So they had their first virgin oak um, Spring Bay whiskey out, which was which was kind of cool to, to you know and taste these things and um and get around yeah yeah well tom and tom and
1: tom and tom and cam don't know it yet but if this podcast to be released they need to agree to a podcast so i appreciate that
2: i'm, I'm sure i'm sure they will i'll um i'll hook you up after this after this podcast but i believe we were the only ones that had a uh, full maturation as a french oak tempranillo which okay. brings us back to uh whiskey number two yeah um on the on the site so yeah, French oak, as as we know, we're going to um, have a lot more spice and uh, pepperiness. There's a complexity to this whiskey that maybe wasn't there in in the first one. Um, I really enjoy this, but it, it is a, a a little bit more divisive than um, you know than the easy entry on the American oak shiraz. So, I'm always keen to see uh, out of these two which ones people prefer, and um, we do, you, you know. Get a, an interesting split between the two time to time.
0: Mm, it's got nice legs on it, nice and thick. Love a um, taste. That's, uh, that nose is doing
1: plenty for me. Um, that's grabby. Just as you were chatting there, just the glass is a fair way down, but um, the old factory is picking up some lovely smells. Um, yeah, it's good. It's very, as you said, very different to the first one straight up. For me, it's a bit of a longer finish too.
2: And It's interesting because they're both at forty eight point uh, three percent ABV, and um, uh, it's it's nice sort of sessionable style there again. It's it's a very fragrant, um, elegant, you know, bouquet that's that's going on. But um, we sort of talk about this as lime zest and and pear liqueur and even a little bit of tangerines and, and passion fruit. But I'm very excited with Spirit Thief to play. Just in a slightly different spectrum of the the flavour wheel, so I'm sure you guys have seen the flavour wheel and uh, you know where bourbons kind of sit in there and Tawny's and and para in Australia or ports and sherry's um, more broadly, but uh, just having varietal specific wines that haven't been fortified um, just have a have a different kind of place on on that um, that palate and. It's kind of nice to uh, showcase some of these things, um, you know, to people that haven't had a chance to try them before.
0: Yeah, get lots, um, lots of lime, lots of pepper. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like the other one, the first one, the Shiraz was a lot more, um, for me anyway, a lot more sessionable, a lot more easy drinking. This is a bit more sit down, have a bit more of a think about it, um, which I like. I like, I like to have both. I like to have as many options as possible. So. Both of my government is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like really interesting whiskey. Yeah, a lot, a lot to it. I feel like I've had a few sips now and every time I go back, I'll get something a little bit different, um, which again is oh. uh, as a fan of whiskey is interesting. You know, sometimes if you just get a whiskey that just offers the same thing over and over again, uh, come a bit not boring, but a little bit like predictable, whereas this feels a little bit less predictable, which, which I like.
2: It's a a little bit unpredictable. It's, uh, you know, it's the Donald Trump of our... our (laughs) You don't know which way it's going to go. But, yeah, this... uh, Look, this tends to, interestingly, um, be a favourite amongst the industry and amongst distillers and bartenders and stuff have been tending to go for the French oak because there is a lot more going on. Um, But that Flavor palette is a little bit different to, you know, the easy expectation with the American oak shiraz. So, um, yeah, different whiskies for different times uh, and different occasions.
0: That's it. That's it. That's what. That's what's great about having a range, right? So, really good, mate. Great again. Impressed. Very impressed. Not saying that because you're here either, because <laughs> I'm happy to um to be honest, but I'm really impressed so far. Very, very delicious.
2: No, that's good. What do you think, uh, Greg? Between the two, which is, which is your? Favorite?
1: I think similar to what you said before. I think I think probably the French oak, only because it's just got something. As Sean mentioned, it's just got something different all the time, and it's it's almost like um I'm trying to work it out. Like it's, it needs to uh, be unraveled or something, and I don't think I'm going to get there. I, I think if I go one option, um, I'm going to sort of start settling on yeah, those lime, that sort of stuff. Then I go back and it's. And it's different. Again, I really like that. I find that quite unique um, rather than just uh, a standard. But I'm not, I'm not putting the American, like the Shiraz, in that, that category either, though. I think it's um, perhaps a little bit um, bit more to it than I initially thought, um, sort of just going back and forth between the two a little bit. But I'm, I'm leaning that way so far as the pick of them. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, Nice. Uh look, one of the things that we knew um, coming into this with, with setting up the company was that we were going to absolutely have to uh, rework the casks. Toasting and, and charring the casks is essential to um, the integration of, of the spirit. And, you know, red wine and, and whiskey sometimes has a bad rap out it there in the, the single malt world. And um, a lot of the times it's just used as a finishing um, addition and it can go into a full-sized wet cask, and, and what you can get is just um, a, a spiritous kind of flavour profile that just feels like it's you know had damp, damp wood or, or wine added on. And so instead of taking that <clears throat> wet approach, we really wanted to uh, strip it back and and get the integration into the oak itself, um, which lends itself to a, a lot more complexity, I think.
0: Mm, yep. 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 So that, so am I reading this correctly? Those two we have just tried, are they part of your core range currently?
2: Yeah. Core range. So we've got those, uh, continuing on in, into the future. And, um, when we started in 2015 and we just laid down our pilot casks, that were the two styles that, that we laid down. Uh, and we've been able to go back to the same winery and winemaker and, and do that for these releases here as well. So, um, Yeah, we'll continue to have the American oak Shiraz and and French oak tempranillo uh, on into the future. Along with um, other things that will come out as part of Core Range, we'll have uh, Cabernet and and Grenache after the next um, summer or so as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw some interesting ones on your website actually that are pre-order, like you can pre-order. So excited about those, excited about those, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, So we've got one more in this uh, cellar reserve series. Are you guys ready for the third class? This is our limited
0: edition. It is. Purple sticker. A
2: purple sticker, that's right. Um, so this is the American oak Tempranillo. And really for, for us, this was a R and D project to see for ourselves, what is the difference between the wood versus the difference between varietal and, and how does that play out across across time. So it was very much a um, uh, a controlled um, experiment, same winery, same batch of spirit across all three of these, uh, maturing really for the same amount of, uh, of time um, down to the days. But what I love about it, we've, we've boosted the ABV just a little bit on this up to 52.3%. Um, and if you compare this next to the American oak Shiraz, if you've got some left there, you can see exactly what the difference is between varietal in the oak. And if you compare it next to the French oak, you can see exactly what, you know, oak delivers um, yep. between these two. So we made about 700 bottles of this. We don't have any more in the Bond store. Um, and uh, yeah, this that's why it's limited and... Um, you know i really 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 hope it's
1: my least favorite you've said that
2: <laughs> that's that's the problem right it's just like uh, cuz it might not be but you know yeah there's always there's always new things coming out down down the line for sure
0: All right so taste
2: <clears throat> oh shit
0: that's good
2: <laughs> Straight away, you can see that um, the higher ABV carries a, a bit more of a flavor flavor punch on this as well.
0: Yeah, it's definitely more in your face. Um, but again, it's 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 interesting that you said that they to compare them because I will compare them. I'll go back now and compare them. But it's it is interesting. Like the French oak, there's a lot lot more complexity to it. Um, but it does feel a bit more Moorish than the French oak, which I which I got from Shiraz. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: it's a it's a hybrid of the two, even though it's a full maturation in its own in its own right, um, which is interesting, and you know definitely informs our our decisions for for the future with um, how we do our releases. They're so,
0: really
2: good. I mean, we kind of talk about this one in, internally, and it's made its way into the tasting notes a little bit. As a uh, um, you know, kind of old-fashioned cocktail, as a single malt, so we get that maraschino cherries and mm. um, sort of the blood orange, and uh, we talk about it as as having some familiarities with um, with rum, but you get some Turkish delight and Madeira cake going on, um, and it is a, a longer finish for sure, given the the higher ABV, but yet still um, it, you know it's got a richness there too.
0: Yeah, and richness and a, and a nice bit of heat too from the, the higher ABV, which is nice, um, especially in the cold uh, cold temperatures. I mate. Mean, that's fantastic. Do you have a? What about like you have to put your put yourself out there? Do you have a favor of these three?
2: Well, like you know, it's like picking between your kids, isn't it?
0: But right <laughs> I, can, I can easily do that. <laughs>
2: Right now that you know the two that are uh irritating down downstairs and, and hopefully won't make too much uh too much noise for the rest of the podcast. Yeah um makes it a little bit easier to pick from. But yeah, I'm really enjoying this one at the moment. Yeah. It's the American Oak tempera, Maybe because it is uh slightly stronger. Um, but this is the kind of go-to at the moment. It's winter down here in Hobart, it's very cold. We've got snow on the mountain, which yeah. um, you can basically see. Um, looking out the window here, so I feel like the American oak Tempranillo is the favourite child at the moment. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the French oak there um, always comes back around because it's constantly surprising.
0: But like all kids, right? You, you have different favourites on different days. So.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We Mate, fantastic. Now I really enjoy that one, Greg. What about you? What's your um? What would you say your pick is? It's hard. I'm getting, I think I'm going to go for the French oak okay. personally. Cool.
1: Um, again, I didn't dislike that one. Um, just trying to the best way to describe it. Like, I think all three, um, I've been so excited to, to open up these samples. Um, and I'm pleased I waited, like, did it properly. Having, obviously, having yourself here, Brett. But um, I like, the only one I can describe it, American oak, um, Shiraz. That's that's just you would talk about the weather, would chill, just have a great chat at the party over a beer, have a session, as you said. Um, I feel like the the American oak. Um, the other one would be the purple. Like we're looking at. Uh, I think we're going to get an argument him and I. I think we're I think we're going to be a little bit aggressive and in your face, um, which is good. We're going to get things off our chest. And I think the last the other one, the French oak. Um, for me, that's. Uh, we're going to have a DNM, we're going to just unpack a few things and get pretty deep. And every time we, we have a chat, we're going to go a little bit deeper. Um, and that's that's what I'm about. I think I think I could go back to that, uh, and just nestle away for, for hours and just come up with something different. So I'd, I'd say that's my pick, definitely.
0: Yeah, good, 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 good. I'm, I'm definitely the uh, American Oak Purple Label Limited Edition. Um, mm. yeah, awesome, just absolutely. I probably would then say the the Shiraz was my next, because I like a sessionable whiskey. I like something, sometimes I like something not complex that I can just pour and have a... I feel like as I was drinking that, even though it's whiskey, and and some whiskeys are way more suited to this, it felt like a summer whiskey to me. I feel like sitting at the back, watching the kids in the pool, um, almost like a beer. So I really enjoyed the flavor profile there and how easy drinking it was. Uh, But Purple Label, American Oak Tempranillo, for me, limited edition, that, that helps it to be honest i like i like rare releases so but the fact is yeah. it makes me more excited about it as well so that's good um brett before we um before we let you go just talk to us about a couple of the the whiskeys coming out soon that you're most excited about and obviously you've tasted them what do you think is going to land well with the people and what do you think is um exciting for you coming out that you're looking forward to people tasting
2: yeah, for sure. So these whiskies have uh, been out for about a month um, only in, in terms of this series of uh, cellar reserve um, that uh, that's come through as, as a three. When we launched um, with Destination sellers a, a local um, great independent bottle shop down down here, and we did an event, we did actually get to bring to the forefront. Um, one on the night, which was called uh, at the time, we called it the future future black release, but it's actually a uh, American oak cabinet together with some separately matured American oak bourbon. So we do have some bourbon laid down in the bond store, and it was as much as anything um, an insurance policy to see that the you know using this wine cask. We didn't get too tannic or too dry. We wanted some marrying stock up in, in there. And um, what, what we're going through at the moment is trying to work out the ratios. So whether it's 60% Cabernet, 40% Bourbon, 70% Cabernet, 30% uh, Bourbon, that's um, uh, kind of what we're doing at the moment behind the scenes. So I think come later this year, before Christmas, That'll be the next one to come out as our uh, Seller Reserve Series. Um, it will, the plan is for that to become a, a core release, which will be continuously available there as well. Um, the bourbon obviously brings some, some sweetness and, and rounds it out and gives, uh, gives a little bit of body and depth to it in a way that the um, American Oak Shiraz uh, doesn't, um, doesn't have because it's a more sessionable kind of style so that's pretty cool we've got that and then um after summer we'll have our french oak grenache and um we did some you know experimental casks uh, over the last few years as an independent bottler and um one of those was a collaboration with the sheen distillery here in in tasmania we did their first double distilled, but uh aged that in our own french oak grenache casks and That was really popular for the 200 odd bottles that that we had of it. Um, So we're quite excited to get back to our our French oak Grenache. And uh, that kind of comes online um, uh, after summer. Yeah.
0: Good, mate. Okay, I was
1: now, oh, sorry, yeah.
0: No, no, you're right. right.
1: Yeah. We do this at the end of every, or toward the end of every podcast, and it does put people on the spot. And it's generally a check. You know just how far wide we're reaching, which isn't far. So we just wanted to. There's a question. It's on the spot, and I'm looking forward to this because you're someone that um, clearly cares about a lot what you're doing, um, and you're producing exceptional whiskey. So if you were a whiskey yourself, what would you be? If you were one bottle of whiskey, you. That would, that would represent breath from the Spirit Thief. What uh, what whiskey would you be? And it can't be a Spirit Thief whiskey.
2: What would you be? Yeah, no, this is a, a good question on, on the spot. Look, I'm going to hark back to, uh, in some ways, where, where it kind of um, started as inspiration for Spirit Thief. So I'm going to go with uh, a Long Row Red from Campbelltown. Ooh, good. Um, so... You know, I think um, we're at Whiskey and Ailment maybe in 2014 and uh, I was chatting there with Julian and um, and I had a taste of what was a Long road Red, which has been aged in South Australian Cabernet Sauvignon cask um, and trying that was really a turning point um, for, for me. I love the peat balance there, having that Cabernet fruit influence, um, and, uh, you know, the, the sort of elegance or softness in some ways that Campbelltown um, delivers out of out of Scotland. So there's tradition, there's there's New Age, there's kind of um, a modernism, and there's also my my home state where I grew up. So um, I think Long Row Red uh, for me has always been a favourite and, and certainly, um, you know, we pay homage to that with what we're trying to do with Spirit Thief. Mm, mm, good. Enough. That's awesome. Happy with that. Good. Oh. What about you guys? Can I put you on the spot? Have you ever been asked the question in reverse? Sean. Oh we are, what yeah, occasion?
0: Oh <laughs> no, Greg, you go first, because you know you know yours. I'm always I'm 50-50 on mine all the time. No, no, no I don't, know. Mine, I think I'm always changing. I think I'm I'm still
1: I think I'm still in the cask. I think someone's coming back to me every year just checking on me. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably at 50%. So they're, they're sort of keeping a closer eye on me. Alex over the next few years, but, um, I always like doing Sean. I think Sean's just, uh, and he, and he doesn't like him. He's abrupt, he's an isler, he's aggressive, he's fill. He's just like, he's, you taste him and you just, you've just been taken on by a wave. Um, so I think Sean, I don't know what we give him today. We might give him, recently I uh, enjoyed the, um, you big black. I think uh, that was great. So there's a bit of uh Bit of banter there for Kiwis, so I'll, I'll nominate that for Sean, and he's welcome to try and return serve in any way he can.
0: No, nah, like, I'm okay with that. I think our bear blacks excellent, so thanks, thanks very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, mm-hmm. for you, Greg, oh, supple, soft, delicate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're thinking, you're thinking space side, <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: One of those yeah. honey notes that uh coming
0: through. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, mate. You're, you're pretty plain Jane, to be honest. You're probably like a Glenn Far class, yeah. 12. No, just straight down. Beautiful. Off. Family
1: family owned and run, mate. Perfect. I'll have that. Absolutely. And it's appropriate on the Whiskey Brothers podcast. Yeah. I mean, I left you alone when you just said I love the simple American egg Shiraz
0: um, and that suits you best. I'll let, I'll let that go. But if the gloves are going to come off, I'm happy for that as well. <laughs> all right brett um conscious of your time mate thank you so much for um joining us on our podcast you're the first um yeah first high man we've had an any distillery so we hope this starts uh a little we're trying to get spring bed there's a few other ones that we've lined up soon um which we're excited to to get on to and, and start talking it's, it's certainly helping us and i know um i get heaps of messages um around uh, people asking us to interview people just like yourself so Thank you so much for giving up your time. Um, I've learned a lot personally. I'm very excited to jump off this uh, podcast and, and order a bottle. So um, well done. You've sold me. And um, and uh, I'm sure there's a stack of other people that will uh, be jumping on as well. So congratulations on on your first like uh, release. And um, and like I said, I'm really excited about what you've talked about in terms of experimentation moving forward uh, for a consumer that's um that's me sold, mate. So well done. Thank you so much. Um, and hope to, uh, w- we hope hopefully that uh, once the borders are open, we can get down there and um, hopefully catch up in person and, and, um, and see what you got what got going on then.
2: My pleasure guys. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to run this uh, podcast and um, the, the kinds of things that you guys do for the industry is uh, always well appreciated and, and it goes a long way and, and helps spread the word and, come on down to Tasmania and we'll um, get the Spirit Thief out and crack open some barrels next uh, next time you're here. That's um, that's the most fun part uh, about being in the whiskey trade is, um, you know, cask strength directly from uh, from the casks themselves.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Congrats, just what Sean said. Congratulations on what's happening so far and uh, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been awesome.
2: Thanks, Greg. Much
1: appreciated.